0: Hey, I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life with never ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together, we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the chaos and cookies podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the chaos and cookies podcast. Today, we are talking about entrepreneurship. We haven't talked about this in a while. And so, this will be a fun topic. I have Dina Patton with me today. And uh, since 2001, Dina has coached thousands of entrepreneurs and has inspired over 150 audiences over, around the globe with her uh, keynote, speaking, and retreats. Um, she's garnered eight business awards and over 60 media stories, including CNN, Entrepreneur Magazine. First Women, NBC, and uh, Business Journal. She has a number one Amazon bestselling book. It's called The Greatness Game, which inspires entrepreneurs to shift from playing smallness games to playing greatness games. Dina believes that mental toughness and a greatness mindset are the most important and fundamental skill sets for success, no matter what industry or business you are in. And we are going to welcome Dina Patton to the podcast. Hello, hello, Dina. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, of course. And if anyone, um, if I ever do use the video, which I should, I have like the YouTube video, like all set up, but I just haven't used it. I will. It's one of my you goals. Should. Um, lots of pink and I love the whole room. <laughs> it's amazing. Makes me Thank feel so you. happy. Um, so before we jump in, I'm going to do my icebreaker for you. And that is, what is your favorite cookie and or cookie memory?
1: My favorite cookie is actually the toffee cookie at Barnes & Noble, their cafe. It is a salted caramel toffee cookie that is to die for. It is so good. Yeah.
0: Is that like at the Starbucks?
1: Yeah, it's at the Starbucks counter. Um, only I Only at Barnes & Noble, though. It's, oh. I don't know why it's not I I don't know if it's a Starbucks thing or a Barnes and Noble thing, but you can only find it at Barnes and Noble's, their Starbucks cafe. It is worth taking a trip for. It's so good.
0: Do you, do you go to Barnes and Noble a lot to do work or get out of the house? It, no, I don't, but I go there.
1: Ironically, it's where it's part of the mall that we have here in Arizona in Phoenix and And so it just happens to be that where I park. And so I go through the Barnes and Noble to get inside the mall. And I think I do that because of the cookie. I always have to go and it's my treat. I've been on a health kick the last two years. And um, but I always believe in giving yourself treats. Um, So that is when I go to the mall, I get the cookie.
0: That's awesome. Well, I've, you know, I'll have to try it. If I check out my Barnes and Noble, my, my son's been asking to go these days because he likes to pick out books. So yes, I, just, uh, I tried to work there once my hotspot just kept dropping. It was just not productive at all. Yes. <laughs> but, um, so we're going to talk about entrepreneurship. Um, you're a parent, uh, how old are your kids now?
1: I have one child, a daughter who is 15
0: awesome. Oh, funny. yeah. About Teaching her how
1: to drive. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's how's that going?
1: It is nerve wracking. In fact, we actually went out this morning. And um, so it is now a, a daily thing. And, you know, she is just my life. I love being a mom. I love being in life with her. She's She's similar to me, but she's also very much her own self. And um, she's very strong. She's very independent. She's an incredible artist. Um, She's a a club volleyball player, so she's sporty, Um, but she's just an incredible girl. And it's been such an awesome journey of being a mom and Speaking of being a mom and being an entrepreneur, she started her own, uh, we started her own business in COVID. Uh, COVID got, you know, like all of us, we were like, oh gosh, what are we going to do with our children, right? And um, so she started a uh, gourmet granola business and um, we our our farmer's market stayed open through COVID. So we sold it uh, at the farmer's market. And because she wanted to earn money for, she's like, the day I turn sixteen, I want to buy a car. so oh. so we did two years of that, and um she has earned uh, her money for her car. So it was a really fun journey uh, to teach your child, you know, entrepreneurship and sales and customer service and um, she's an incredible baker. So she did a lot of the baking um and packages and and we shipped them nationwide, too. So she learned a lot. And it was really cool to teach her those skills and the mindset of being an entrepreneur and how hard it is. And, uh, you know, we packed it up every Sunday morning and went and, to the farmer's market. And she stood at her booth for five hours and she sold her granola and uh we sold out every weekend. And wow. it was, yeah, it was a great little adventure. And then when she was, uh, she was entering high school, that was seventh and eighth grade. And uh she was like, okay, mom, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. okay. I'm done. So it was, it Why was that a make you little... feel?
0: like, did yeah. you feel like she was doing so well and in- Did you encourage her to keep it up or did you just, you know, that's a good
1: question. It was, it, we were baking in Arizona. You are allowed to have certain food businesses out of your home and we qualified for that. So we were baking out of our home and we had all the like commercial, (laughs) like big drums and big drying racks. And it was a little consuming in our kitchen, but it was a lot of fun. But it was a lot of work. And as we were coming out of COVID and I was, you know, getting active again and speaking on stages again, and it wasn't like when we were in COVID lockdown and we were at home 24-7. So it actually was okay. You know, I wanted to honor her. And I think, you know, not all businesses are meant to scale and get big and, you um, I I thought it was totally fine and I thought it was really courageous of her to say, you know, this has been a great run, but I want to focus on high school and my sports and my grades and I was like, "Good. We're, you know, it's fine." And so, I think we both just got busy and so we closed it and um and I think it was a a perfect learning opportunity for her at the time. And in fact, now that she's applying for real jobs, she now is really grateful that she has two years of running her own business that she could put on those resumes. And so, um, yeah. it was a great, it was a great journey for us.
0: So let's tap into that a little bit about like purposes of business, right? We all open businesses for most, I feel, and I could be wrong, but you would know, cause you talk way more to people than I do is when someone opens a business, they probably look at longevity. It's not something that they're looking at short term, yeah. but as you said, like she, everyone's got a purpose on why they create their business. Right. I created my business for a reason. It's now served its purpose. And I'm at that point where it's like, do I, or do I not, um, am I still passionate about why I opened it? Like what I was pushing or that just, it served its purpose and it's done. And now it lives on somehow somewhere else. Um, or, you know, you keep going. I think that's a personal decision, but your daughter, it served its purpose. She earned the money for her car. And she's like, I don't need it anymore. I liked it, but I've, you know, it's not, I'm okay. So if someone was looking either to a, if they're having a business right now and they're struggling to be like, I don't know what else to do with it. I don't know how else to make it grow or, you know, it served its purpose. How can one look at that as like, it's okay to close it and just, you know, it did its thing right maybe it's part of their everyday you know practice maybe it's their identity maybe it's because it's what they post on social all the time now it's like what do I post right Which I'm kind of in that boat like I used to post about it now it's like I post about the podcast I post a lot I got a new puppy and my kids right. and I post about that right it's more like a fun social media more than like a I need to post and promote type of you know right right
1: yeah Well, and I think that it goes back to the saying, when you lose your why, you lose your way. And when you know your why in your business, that is what really pushes your train and clarifies your train. And then when you have a vision out in front of you, it's pulling the train towards that vision. And I think that if you don't have a why, pushing the train and a vision that's pulling the train if those two things are missing what happens is we get kind of tangled in <laughs> vagueville it's just like we're floating right so you have two options you can get do some clarifying uh exercises around what is my why and maybe your why has now changed right so i got in this business because of x Well, now X is gone or X is served or, uh, you know, uh, completed. And now my business serves Y, right? So you you can always change your Y, right? Um, And you can always change your vision. That's the beautiful part of owning our own business. We get to say why we're doing it, where we're going, how we're doing it, um, how much money we make. You know, and, and when we work, you know, everything is up to us. When we become a victim of our business, we can get very resentful and angry and bitter, right? But what you have to realize is you're doing that to yourself because you have become disempowered. We want to be empowered in our business and empowered means I'm making the choices. I know why, I know how, I know where, right? Right. So without that clarity, clarity moves the train, confusion derails the train. So when we're confused, we're derailed, right? So I would say it's really important to do that clarity work of why am I in this business? Where am I going? What is my vision? What is my one-year, three-year, five-year vision of this? And it is totally okay to pivot to close, to grow, to scale back. You know, in the 22 years that I have been a a coach, I've owned this coaching and training business, it has, I would say 40% has stayed solid all 22 years. The other have moved and ebbed and flowed and pivoted through... You know, ups and downs of my own life. I've had my mother, my father, and my brother and two babies die in that time. And grief will derail you, right? Life will come up and punch you in the face. And your business needs to click down from sixth gear <laughs> to maybe second gear for a couple months because you're grieving or you're going through a hard time. And then guess what? You can ramp it back up, right? Nice. But that is the freedom and the empowerment that we have as entrepreneurs. We can say, you know what? Sixth gear. I'm going for it. This is going to be a huge revenue year. I'm going to focus on sales. I'm going to focus on my brand getting out there in front of my champagne clients. And that's my focus. Maybe your focus is, you know what? I'm in second gear this year because I am going through something and Or maybe because you're reinventing, this is a reinventing year and you're like creating programs or you're learning a new, you're getting certified in like maybe a new method or whatnot. And this is a year of just of you growing and your business is in second gear, you're growing and you're adding things. And then next year is going to be your growth year, right? right? But I just want to remind everybody You are in charge of your business. You are in charge of you. And you can give yourself full permission, ramp up, ramp down, pivot, change, get clear in the vision, um, or close, you know, if close, if you're done, if you are like, you're like, I'm done, done. It is so okay to close that business, start another business, go get a job that you did not fail. And I think that's a big mindset. That's a greatness mindset. A smallness mindset says, Oh my God, what a failure. I'm horrible. I had to close my business. All these negative stories that then become your negative truth that tells you you're a failure. And that is not true at all. Every successful entrepreneur will tell you we learn through our mistakes and the things that don't go well, you know? And we grow, even if your business, you know, my daughter is completely a different person because we had that business for two years mm-hmm. and It's 100%. Okay. That she, she closed that I'm what I was not attached to that. She wasn't attached to that totally served its purpose. It was lovely, wonderful, amazing. And we're like, bless and release close new chapter, yes.
0: new chapter, right? It's like it's also, you know, memories and experience. And now she's yep. gained some it, it, now she can decide if she wants to be an entrepreneur later. She's like, yeah, I just like working for somebody. Like, give, <laughs> give me the paycheck. Entrepreneur. <laughs> it's not for everybody. You know, you really I never thought about starting my own business. I really wasn't interested in doing it. I did it because it was a need and I had to. And so I find it daunting to to come up and be everything. Right. I, I'm usually sales and marketing for somebody else. They give me the thing and I go sell it or I market it and we're done. I make money. You make money. Everyone's good. For me, I was having to create the marketing material. I was having to figure out where to put it, how to market it, how to grow it. Main it was too, it was just, I learned a lot and I'm able to, to give uh, people platforms on the show on to give, you know, elevate those things like, like this one. But for me, I don't, care for it. I ended up like hiring an assistant to have her do it. Like my podcast, I have an assistant, she takes care of it. I have no interest in trying to, to, to do it because I don't have the bandwidth either. And so it's all about like where you're willing to give and go, but Mm -hmm. you have to feel like maybe you started it. It's not for you and that's okay. You don't need to do it to make someone happy or just because you put it out there that you're starting it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to keep it going just because you told or social media that's about right. it, and then feel like, well, they're gonna wonder what happened, or um, I've been marketing my business for so long, and then I just stop. Like, what people are gonna think? I failed. It's like, who cares? You're probably already well, also <laughs> I think
1: that's solved in communication. You know, I I think it's really first of all, people, uh, it, it's okay to stop your business. If you want to do that, communicate. Don't, I mean, I would, if I was your coach, I would say, don't just stop. You put it on social media, you put it in your newsletter and saying, you know, this has been such a blessing or this has been amazing. What a journey. This is what I've learned. Right. And you've been a part of it. Thank you. Like surrounded in gratefulness instead of shame. Right. And this is what I'm doing next. You know, I'm going to focus on my book and at the end of the year, my book will be out. I hope, you know, you'll support it kind of thing. Or, hey, I'm going to go. I I got a great job offer and this is what I'm doing. So today is my last post, you know, and, you know, wish me well or something like that, where you're doing it with grace and excitement and um, asking for people's blessing or or support. You know, you don't have to do it in shame. And I think that's where, you know, that's kind of a woman thing. Like my male clients would never even you know, like think, think like, yeah. that. that's such a woman thing. Like, Oh, there's so much shame in changing our business or stopping our business girl. Come on. Let's be like, Oh, totally. Okay. With pivoting or changing or rebranding or closing. Okay. Let go of the smallness thought that there's something wrong and there needs to be shame and embarrassment around this. Now, men don't think like that. <laughs> They're like, yo, I'm doing this new thing over here. Come over here and party with me over here. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, like no. I got
1: this new business, you know, and people are willing to go with you. So invite them to go with you or invite their support or invite their love. Right. And, and then, you know, bless and release and move on. Right. So as um, Elizabeth Gilbert always says, anything creative that we create, whether it's a book or it's a painting or it's a business, that creative endeavor changed you just just because you did it. And that is the beauty of creativity and business is total creativity is it changed you. You grew from this business. You expanded yourself. You put tools on your tool belt. You had this experience. You had all these memories. You met certain people. And that is the win. That is the win. So it was not not for nothing. It was totally for your own growth. And if you continue, great. So if you are building a business, let's talk about building the business. If you're closing, close. Bless and release, move on, communicate it, move on, right? But if you're building a business, you got to be responsible for that sales. If you are not responsible for your sales, you're building a hobby, not a business, and you're pretending to build a business. And you have to shift your mindset to want to win in revenue, And again, a female mindset, a lot of female mindsets is there's there's um, shame around sales There's shame around money. There's weirdness around money. But when we learn know better, do better. And when we learn that women are a powerful force in our economic development, we need women to win at their businesses Mm -hmm. and and. What we need to remember that, you know, 100 years ago, women weren't allowed to start businesses. Women didn't even have access to funding. There was no credit cards or loans for women. It was illegal. So it is only in the last uh, 100 years that we have rights not only to vote, but to then go get funding to own our own businesses, to go to college and university. It wasn't even legal for women to go to college and university. So there's a lot of things that we are now able to do. We have permission to do. We are legal to do. We have rights to do that we didn't have 100 years ago. So I want to stand in the space of let's be empowered women who win at our businesses that contribute economically to our families. I know that I'm changing my family's whole entire family tree because most of my family came from scarcity. That's a mindset. And you got to intentionally change that mindset to abundance and be willing to play a sales game. And what I want to say about sales is sales needs to always, always, always be authentic not slimy right. and not forceful it's the worst
0: i think right? that's where people struggle is yes sell. because they don't want to be pushy so they don't ask but then they're yes. not selling so then they get pushy or they feel like they're putting it out too much yes or they're asking too much or they go one or the other extreme yep. It it is it is a gift it is an art i mean well it's learned Right.
1: And this is what I love, love, love speaking about sales because I shift thousands of people's mindset around sales. You do not have to be slimy or forceful or desperate or scarce. And you can stand in your power and say, this is the dollar amount I want to make this year. Back math it. Right. So does that mean $2,000 a month? Does that mean $5,000 a month? Does that mean $20,000 a month, et cetera? You get your monthly number that you are committed to. Right. It's all about a energetic commitment of like, this is my commitment. This, I'm going to close $10,000 a month. And you stand in your power. And sales are about two things it's about attraction, it's not about push, it's about attraction. Because your authenticity is your biggest currency. And let me say it again, your authenticity is your biggest currency. When you show up in your most authentic state, what that does is it attracts people who love you. They're like, oh my gosh, I have to work with her. And what it also magically does is repel people who don't like you. They're like, I don't like her. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Okay. That's you want marketing to do that. If you are not doing that, your marketing isn't at, at it. It's not the highest state you want to be attracting to the people who love you and you want to repel the people who are not do not like you, not a fit for you. That is when we get the most conversions is because people so love you that they're like, They come into your consultation 90% already sold because they're like, oh my gosh, I read your blog or I read your book or I saw you on stage or I heard you on this podcast or I looked at your website or I follow you on Instagram and oh my God, I just love your teaching or I love your method or, you know, whatever they love about you. They come into the consultation. Why? Because you are showing up in your most boldest, authentic self, not apologizing for who you are and what you stand for. And that is out in the world, not your marketing, all those things that I just said, all the spokes of marketing. And then your target market is going to be saying to themselves, I have to work with her. They get a consultation with you. They come into the consultation, literally 80 to 90% already in love with you sold. And then the consultation, this is where so many women uh, struggle, (laughs) struggle is in the consultation. You've got to show up in a consultation in your highest greatness, and that is to serve and to solve. The only two things that your business does is to serve people and to solve their problems. And when you are clear on that, those two things, you will close. I close 4.5 out of five, not because I have a magic pill, because two things. One, I show up very boldly and authentic on all of my marketing and that attracts who loves me and it totally repels people who don't like me. And then when they come into the consultation, I am there to serve them and to solve their three problems, the three problems that I solve for people. One, systems, two, sales, and three, mindset. Bottom line, I know how I to solve those three things. And, and, and the conversion naturally happens because of the questions I ask, then I am clear in here's package A or package B. They choose, boom, I want package B. And then I start the onboarding process. At the end of that call, I say, great, package B, that's awesome. This is what happens next. And I tell them the onboarding process. There's four steps in our onboarding. Step one will happen tomorrow. And this is what it is. So what I just explained is the marketing system that then goes into the sales system, which then goes into the onboarding system. Those three systems have to be clear Or you will not be converting. You'll be flailing. You'll be overselling. You'll be underselling. You'll be Mm -hmm. sugarcoating. You'll be like eggshell stepping, right? you're you're not going to be selling.
0: You can look unconfident that way. I always say, I always like, I put my systems when I started my business, not knowing what I was going to even be selling at the point, because I was like, I just need it to work, figure it out later but I had a website. I had a, co- like you, ha- you put systems in place first because then you can at least know how it will go when yes. people start coming in. Because I feel like, and I've touched on this before where people are not, they're like starting you're like, Oh, I'm going to figure it out as we go. We're just going to see, but then they get an influx because of, of business, because you are all of the, you know, Root of your loins or whatever is coming to you because your work 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 you don't see anything and all of a sudden bam you get this momentum and then it's like flooding with business or interest and then you're like oh crap now i gotta work backwards and i don't look like i'm dumb so right. people are putting systems in not knowing how to use them when they just don't invest if that's going to be what you want then you need to invest in it up front right set. So you don't stress about it. And you can confidently be out there because it'll show up if you're not confident, like I'm going to sell it. I'm not really sure how they're going to, people are going to step that out and be like, I like her, but I don't know if she could handle it. Right. So it's all, it's all mindset. Like you said, Yeah,
1: that mindset of greatness where your smallness is going to tell you you're new or you can't do it or you're not perfect yet. That's a big one. Um, all kinds of negative talk, right? Is our smallness because our smallness has a job in our mind, and that smallness is all about keeping us safe in a comfort zone and surviving. So it will feed you any lie it can come up with to keep you from going big and going into your dream and your vision because that is flipping scary to it, right? So we have to have the mindset mastery to say, listen, smallness, you don't serve me where I'm going. I got a vision here. I'm out to serve people. I'm out to solve these problems. I am a great coach or I am a great accountant. I'm a great lawyer, you know, whatever you are, own it and get out and serve and solve people. Um, And that greatness knows your highest and best gifts that you have. And it will be there to champion you along this path, if you listen to it. But if you're giving all your power, and you're listening to your smallness, that's what you're going to be listening to and agreeing to. So I talk about this a little bit in my a lot, a lot in my book, um, the greatness game, about how smallness the whole game of smallness is to keep you surviving. And it's up to you. To say, no, no, I'm not listening to you. I'm listening to greatness. And I'm going to be on this journey of greatness to serve and solve people. Um, So it takes a lot of mastery in our mindset to listen and agree with our greatness. And then every day, ground yourself in that and ground yourself in that. Believe it. Agree with it. And every time you agree with your, your greatness, like you said, it gives you confidence and then confidence gives you action and then action gives you confidence and then confidence gives you action and then all of a sudden you're moving the train moving the you're like oh my god i got another client because you're showing up in your greatness you're showing up in your confidence and people buy confidence they have to hear that you are going to solve their problem they have to hear that they also he- have to hear your confidence because if your confidence is not there Those are the ones that will leave a consultation. Like, like you said, I like her, but I don't, I don't think she's the one I don't. And what they're saying is they don't trust that you are confident enough to give them the transformation they need. Yeah. And they have to trust that they have to hear that. Right. So, so marketing is an attraction conversation. Sales is a conversion conversation. And then onboarding is a welcoming conversation, those three systems have to be clear in your business, like you said, before you go out and get people. Because what happens is you're going to start getting people, and then you don't have those systems, and then you start imploding, which we've we've all experienced. <laughs> it's horrible when you're like, oh my gosh, I have clients, but now it, like I'm a mess. I'm I'm just chaotic, and I, I don't know if I onboard. Wait, wait, did I onboard her? wait, where is she, you know, and you're just a mess. So when we have a system for marketing and we have a system for sales and we have a system for onboarding, it becomes, and when we say a system, we just mean steps. Like these are the four steps because I have a book. My book is the third step in my onboarding. I sign my book, I put a card in it and I mail them, you know, my book, that is step three of my onboarding. It is the welcoming four steps of someone coming to work with me. Right. Yes. Yeah, so you got to figure out be, your steps.
0: Yeah. System doesn't have to be technology. No automation. It system is something, a process, if a you want, process. Like that works. Like I set up systems. Like I talk about systems in your home to, to, to run your house, like a business, because yes. you still have it's a, well, a machine, you should be able yeah. to function without the CEO or mom around you yeah. be able to still function or someone should be able to figure it out with my, you know, SOP or whatever. Yes, And that's a system that we do a routine or whatever. Yes. It, so that people think systems, I think when they talk about entrepreneurship and business ownership, they're like, like, are you talking about like Flowdesk? Or are you talking right. about, you know, something like that, which yes. is part of your system.
1: Right. Right.
0: And, you know, part of
1: like my onboarding system, the first step is an email that has three things in it. You know, it's their onboarding survey. It's the payment link. And then it's the dates to start. That is our onboarding number one email. Right. And my booking manager, you know, she does all of that. We know she does step one and two. I do step three and then she does step four and then boom, they show up for their first session. So it's, it's a well-oiled machine, but it's, you know, like our survey is a, a survey technology, right? It's a form that when they fill it out, that then comes back to me. Right. But that's a $20 a year form, you know, a uh, system that I, that I pay for. And It's just an easy way to onboard someone. You have to think about when someone says yes to you on a consultation, what are going to be your two, three, four, five steps? I have a client who has a very long onboarding. So she has seven steps. She's a PR marketing agency. When you are onboarding a client into a PR marketing agency, there's a lot more like meetings and because you're you're learning about their brand and their tone and their you know branding um dos and don'ts so they have three live meetings with their teams part of their onboarding system so their onboarding system is seven steps but when we got clear it's all about clarity those seven steps it was totally chaos before they had no idea who had done what to what client <laughs> it was a yeah. mess right So we got clear in the seven steps. These are our seven steps that every client goes through for onboarding. And then we got clear in who does what of the seven steps. And that way the team is now clear. And then the client is clear in those seven steps. And it's communicated in the consultation. Hey, if you do come on with us, this is our onboarding process. It takes about three weeks for them. It takes about three weeks for us to go through it. Um, It's these seven steps. So they're clear with the client. He, this is what you would be going through.
0: Setting expectations.
1: Setting expectations, and most clients are like, "Wow, it's yeah. a wow moment. It's like that's awesome. That's organized. That feels good, right?" So systems to a client usually feels good. It's like, "Oh, there's a process here. This is this com- this communicates confidence to me." So I just want to, everybody listening, like really understand systems yes are for you so you become a well-oiled machine with you and your team and you can delegate it off of you um but also it's for your clients so that they have a beautiful experience i want my clients to love the experience with me right and not feel like they're totally forgotten or they fell through the cracks, things like that at the beginning
0: you were like uber into them and then towards the end you're kind of like not showing them the love anymore like you sure it's consistent all the way because whether you're a client of 16 years or six months like you want to make them feel the same right yeah because you want longevity you don't want to feel like well I've been with them forever. They know. They, they know they can. They are going to come back. You don't want that. I mean, right. the point. Like sometimes it might happen, and it's a one off. But when that starts happening all the time, which is how I get a lot of my clients in my business, like, in my like, day job, is I call them and they're like, yeah, they were great at the beginning, and now they're expensive, and then they, I can't get hold of anybody. And right. for me, that that I do always with my clients is I'm always trying to be available, and I always keep communication open. And I'm always okay to say, I don't know. When I right. get asked a question and I don't know the answer, I'm not going to sell them on a rigmarole answer. One, right. they can, like I had a call once and they were like, they asked me a question. I was newer and I was like, I have not come across this topic yet. And I know we do it, but I don't have any idea. What any clue. About. So you fake it till you make it to a point of, yes, absolutely. That is something I feel like we could help you with. I'm going to get you some more information because that is right. not my expertise. I'm going to go to my team and get some da, 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 and I'll get back to you. There's nothing wrong yeah. with getting back to somebody yep. because if you tell them one thing and you're wrong, you either have to try and deliver on that. Yes. Or you got to, they can, cause I actually had, they're like, I, they asked me a question and their actual ways of asking me was confusing me. So I didn't sound very confident. And they're like, right. you sound like you really don't know what you're talking about. So I don't think it's going to be a very good fit. I go, I'll be honest I have no idea what you're talking about because you've gone from here to here. I can tell you that this is this than this and so if this is what you're looking for then yes. If not then then you're right. And it's okay to let a sale go if it's not for you because believe me it will become more
1: 100% job
0: work if they don't fit well. Yes. And if they if they do they'll come back and and they'll understand but if you're real and honest I will always be candid and be like I don't know but I will find out for you. Right. And if you ask me, I'm not going to just tell you what you want to hear.
1: Yeah.
0: It doesn't help anybody.
1: Yeah. And I think you bring up a good point about referring out, you know, if, if we do a great job in our authenticity and speaking about, like I said, I have my three areas that I, um, am masterful around in your scope. Yeah. In my scope. And, um, if, I'm doing a good job at that in my marketing. That's what usually I'm going to attract, right? People with those problems. So in the consultation, I'm going to ask about those problems. But if I see that they are super egotistical or kind of a jerk or or I can't help them, they're not in my scope, 1,000% we're referring them out. Now, one of the best things, if you're a coach, one of the things I wish I knew, you know, 20 years ago when I started this, I wish I knew to add this to my consultation at the very beginning. At the beginning of every consultation, I always say, you know, in this consultation, I want to hear your issues, your challenges, your opportunities to see if I'm a fit. If I am not at the end of this call, I will refer you to a couple other coaches that I love. I set it up at the beginning that I'm going to refer them out. And now at the bottom of the call, when I'm a fit, I'm going to say, I am a total fit to solve this. And this is how I'm going to, you know, this package or this package will solve that. And, but if I don't think they're a fit, if I don't think I'm a fit, I already have two coaches that I, you know, I'm going to refer them out. And that is so empowering. And again, not scarcity, right? I am not ever, ever going to take on a client that is not a fit. It's, it's, it's inauthentic, right? And the second that you do that, you lose your power because now you are in smallness, you're in scarcity, you're in survival, And we do not want to be as, as empowered and entrepreneurs. We do not want to be in that state of mind. Right. And even when you're like, Oh my God, I need this client. My rent's due. Here's what I know about the universe. You're going to get this client. You're going to be in this forced desperate scarce space because you have rent due. And you're like, Oh my God, I need a client. And then this person's going to come into your realm who is totally not a fit for you. And it's almost like a little test. (laughs) And you're going to have a consultation and you're going to be like, oh, my God, they are not a fit, but I'm totally desperate. So I'm going to take them and you take them and you are going to regret every single minute with them. And you are going to look back on this and go, why did I do this to myself? Here's what I know is in that moment when you think you are so desperate, if you say, you know what? I don't think I'm a fit for you. Let me refer you out to this coach or this agency or this company that I think is a good fit for you. Um, and you refer them out. What I know is the right client is right behind them. Yeah. It takes levels to be an entrepreneur. It takes levels of trusting yourself and trusting God and universe on levels you have never trusted before. If you trust that the right client is right behind those wrong clients, that is a level of greatness and a level of trust you've never been at. And that is what this takes. When people say, how in the world do you keep 19 clients and have a waiting list for 22 years that's that's the magic pill, if you want to say it's a magic pill. Yeah. It's a level of trust that behind the wrong ones, there's always always a right one. So, but there's a trust in yourself and a trust in the universe that that is going to happen. And you've got to force yourself out of thinking with scarcity and desperation that is what is keeping the wrong people coming to you. Cause that energy is attracting the, the wrong people. It's like dating, right? When, when we're desperate, when we're dating, it attracts the wrong cause smallness attracts smallness and yeah. desperate attracts desperate. So get out of that state, that state of mind and that energy and start trusting yourself and your work and what you do. And when you're in that state of greatness and trust, It attracts a whole different level of people. So I know that's hard to hear when you're like, I just need to pay rent, but I'm telling you, that's the work that you're missing. And that's the work we all have learned those lessons, right? And when you start attracting that, then you're going to beget more of that. And then all of a sudden you attract another one and another one. And then all of a sudden you have six great clients and then 10 awesome clients. And you're like, Oh my gosh. And it all started because you trusted yourself, trusted your gifts, trusted your self and your God and your universe. And you stood in your power and in your greatness and your authenticity. That's what attracts clients.
0: Absolutely. And I can see why you're so busy and why you are so you've got a wait list for so long. And so if my listeners are resonating with this and really want to check you out and um investigate more how to work with you because i mean it's very um this whole conversation has just been very contagious and it just is very eye opening as well and you have you've, you've just we've talked about so many different things so i feel like you might get some people reaching out so how yeah, do we sure. find that and where can we find you obviously everything that you're about to tell us is going to be in our show notes for them to click on but
1: yeah, the easiest way is just my website, dinapatton.com, d e n a p a t t o n.com. Um, my books there, all my services are there. Um, and my socials uh, are there. So that's the easiest way. And then there's blue buttons on there if you want a consultation. Um, you know, click on that it goes right to my schedule, schedule something. But the easiest is just one place, dinapatton.com.
0: I love it. And that's, that's the best thing to do is to have one stop shop. Yeah. You can find it all. And um, for those of you who are starting businesses, always go and get your name as a domain. Yeah, Just go grab it. Because if you ever think you're going to need it, just grab it now. Uh, yep. that's just, right. And um, I really do appreciate you being here and that like you had so many great nuggets and we touched on so many different things. And I really do thank you for being here on the podcast. And I hope you you come back.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. And um, thank you for asking such great questions. Such a great conversation.
0: Absolutely. I appreciate you being here. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Chaos Cookies podcast. If you do want to check out Dina, please, please go and check out her website, schedule a consultation with her. She is lovely. She knows her stuff, guys. And I think if you think that she's going to be a good fit and she can help you with what you're needing, definitely give her a call because uh, as you know, she's very honest. She will tell you yes or no. (laughs) and please, uh, listen to, um, please, uh, oh my gosh, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore because I need more caffeine. Uh, please check out the show notes and please rate and review. And, uh, we'll catch you on the next episode of the Chaos and Cookies podcast. Thank you for listening to the Chaos and Cookies podcast. If you want more goodies and friends to share them with, follow the crumbs to the Facebook group or visit the Chaos and Cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. See y'all next week for another episode of Chaos and Cookies.